Hey everyone, just a quick update. This episode was originally a Patreon-exclusive episode that was released on April 14th, 2022. Now, the original episode that we had planned for today, well, to say the least, it was an amazing episode. We had spent over 100 hours researching into it, then decided to record it, and the episode itself ended up being over two hours long, and in my opinion, it was one of our best episodes yet. However, for some very odd reason, my audio recording of that episode was exported at a sample rate of 8,000 hertz, meaning that the quality was absolutely horrible. Now, in the over probably 250 episodes of us recording, this has never happened before, and I have no clue why it did. But once we found out that the audio recording had a horrible quality, it was already too late, and we couldn't re-record it for this week's release. So instead of us not releasing anything this week, we instead decided to release one of our past Patreon-exclusive episodes for free. Also, one last thing, since this was a Patreon-exclusive episode, it's not censored, and there is some cursing. So keep that in mind. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and I will see you next week. Theories of the third kind. Welcome. First off, I want to say thank you to whomever you are listening for opening your minds to receive extra knowledge nuggets each week. It means a lot to all of us, and I want you to know that. Also, before we start, since you are a Patreon subscriber, remember that you get priority in topic suggestions. So feel free to send those suggestions on over to us either by email, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Discord direct message, or you can write us a letter the old-fashioned way and send it to our P.O. Box. So today's episode is over Antarctica. You all requested it. You sent in your suggestions millions of times, and I know we've covered a little bit of it before in the past, you know, just a little bit here and there, but today we're going to compile it all. We're going to give you the whole whammer jammer, okay? So how this episode will go today is that we're going to talk about the history of Antarctica, and then we're going to talk about strange facts and findings, which there is a gigantic amount of them. That is what the majority of today's episode will be over. And then, of course, we go into theories and then wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, you ready for today's episode, Dan? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's get into today's episode. A mysterious continent that is covered in ice and unexplored. Bizarre rumors surround this frozen land such as the Nazis building secret bases there and burying Hitler's treasures in the frozen mountains. Some say that the area is actually home to an ancient civilization that is actively being covered up by various governments. If these rumors are not true like the media claims them to be, then why is visiting this place restricted? Is the truth being hidden from us? This is Antarctica. 
So to start this entire episode off, we're going to talk about the history of Antarctica. So let's all gather up and head to Aaron's history class, okay? Oh, history class. Get your asses going. I want to see you in the class. Okay. All right, everyone sit down and shut the f*** up, okay? My name is Mr. Aaron. You can all call me Aaron. All right, so today's lesson is about the history of Antarctica. So to understand the discovery of Antarctica, we need to go all the way back to ancient Greece. So during this time, there was an assload of Greek scholars. They were all sitting around just shooting the shit with one another and, you know, smoking a little bit of cannabis, and they started theorizing. You, all, you guys think that maybe, you know, there could be like a southern continent that could exist? Of course, everybody that was sitting around was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe there is. Now, because of that theory, it led a lot of people being curious about unexplored lands. They were all like, damn. What if there is lands outside of our little closed world that has yet to be discovered? Now we're going to fast forward to the 15th century, okay? During this time, it was the age of the European exploration. All these motherfuckers were just sailing around the world, just living life, discovering shit, and dying from scarvy or scarvy. I don't know what it is, but limes supposedly fix it, okay? Well, anyways, as they were just sailing around the world, they were given these maps, okay? And these maps were like widely printed and given out to these known explorers. And on these maps, there was an imaginary land that was labeled Terra Australis Incognita, a.k.a. Unknown Southern Land. Now, some of these explorers kind of like blew this off and thought of this southern land being as like a fairy tale. However, they ended up being wrong. So we're going to fast forward a little bit to the year 1773. So there was this British explorer, and he was also a captain of the British Royal Navy, and his name was James Cook. Now, this James Cook dude, he was sort of a dickhead, but he was a great <laughs> explorer, all right? And he, he was just selling his boat with his crew all around the land, exploring lands and shit. He was really good at that. Now, between the years of 1773 and 1775, he was out sailing the seas with his crew, and he actually crossed the Antarctic Circle, and he discovered some isolated islands. But he didn't actually find the continent of Antarctica. His dumbass was only 128 kilometers from the coast of Antarctica. But he wasn't even aware of that. Instead, he said, fuck it, and he sailed back home, lost out so close, but yet so far away. And you know what? He had the balls to go back to where he came from and say, hey, Everybody listen to this, and he made an announcement. Now, what he said was, and Dan, would you like to read this quote out loud to the class, please? I can be bold to say that no man... Hey, where's your British accent? I had to do it in a British accent? He, he, the dude was British. Want some biscuits? Biscuit and tea? Oh, my God. Something like that? Never, never mind, just do it in regular <laughs> accent. Jesus Christ. I can be bold to say that no man will ever venture farther than I have done and that the lands which may lie to the south will never be explored. So that's what he said, that James Cook guy. Well, guess what? You're wrong, bitch. Mama's right. <laughs> so only 48 years later, on January 27th, 
1820, there was a Russian expedition that was led by a German officer named Fabian Gottlieb von Bellingshausen. So this Fabian guy, him and his crew, they became the first ever explorers to lay their eyes on Antarctica. However, they, they didn't even step foot on it. They just kind of sailed up to it and was like, whoa, that's very cool. And then they just kind of sailed away. Now, a year later, there was an explorer named John Davis, and he was the first person to set foot on Antarctica. So after this, John Davis began bragging about it. He was going around whipping his dick out saying, yeah, look at this. I fucking set foot on Antarctica. Hell yeah. I got frostbite right there, right there. So the word started to spread around the world. And in 1901, a British explorer named Robert Falcon Scott, well, his ass decided to sail down to Antarctica. However, the weather got too bad during his exploration. And he said, eh, it's getting, the winds and the seas are getting a little bit too crazy for me. So they ended up coming back. Well, seven years later, an Anglo-Irishman named Ernest Henry Shackleton, he decided to try sailing to Antarctica. But during his attempt, the weather got bad again. He turned around and he came home. And he was only 180 kilometers away from Antarctica. So close again, but yet so far away. Following that, two years later, in 1910, two other people decided to try it again. A Norwegian fellow named Raoul Amundsen and Robert Falcon Scott, who was the other guy who originally tried to go nine years ago. But the weather got too bad. Well, Raoul, or whatever the hell his name was, the Norwegian dude, and Robert Falcon Scott, they kind of like got in their own crews together, got in their own boats. They're like, fuck you, fuck you. I'm going to make it there first. So they both started sailing to Antarctica. 99 days later, on December 14th, 1911, the Norwegian guy made it to Antarctica, and he's planted that Norwegian flag right in the middle of the South Pole and said, look at this. Where you at, Robert Falcon Scott? Well, 33 days later, Robert Falcon Scott, he ended up showing up. And when he showed up, he saw the Norwegian guy there and he was like, fuck, he beat me there. However, instead of turning around and leaving, he decided, eh, we'll get off the boat and kind of hang out a bit. And he never returned. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Falcon Scott just disappeared. And there's a little side note that I should mention to this. His diary was found. And in it, Robert Falcon Scott said, and we quote, now, Dan, do you want to try reading this part for us? You don't have to do it in an accent. But... I was about to say, I can't do a British accent. Okay. The worst has happened. All the daydreams must go. Great God, this is an awful place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Robert hated that place. And him and his entire crew, they ended up dying there. It's like, oh, that dude, you spent over a decade trying to get there. And you finally get there, and you're like, this place fucking sucks. And then he dies there. Got to be a shitty way to go. Right. All right. So many years following that, several countries around the world tried to claim the rights to Antarctica. In 1948, though, Britain, Australia, New Zealand, France, Norway, Chile, Argentina, and the United States, they started beefing with one another, saying, hey, I own Antarctica. And they were like, no, I own Antarctica. So to avoid war, in 1959, 12 countries around the world decided to sign the Antarctic Treaty. Now, this treaty made Antarctica 
reserved for scientific research only and banned all military activity on the continent. And to this day, Antarctica remains a site specifically for scientific research. And that right there is the history of Antarctica. And class is dismissed. Yay. All right. Thank you for that, Aaron. You're welcome. That was, that was a lovely history class. I'll make sure not to make the next one. I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to strange facts and findings, let's talk a little bit more about Antarctica because Aaron did not talk about it enough. So Antarctica is the southernmost continent. It is surrounded by the Southern Ocean and is the fifth largest continent. It is nearly twice the size of Australia and is around 5.5 million square miles. So this place is cold, like really cold. For example, it holds the record for the coldest ever land temperature recorded, which was a negative 128.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, of course, since this entire continent is cold as shit, it is covered by ice. Around 99.6% of Antarctica is covered by this ice that has an average thickness of 1.2 miles. Damn, that's some thick ice. Yeah, that's, that baby's thick. Yeah. In total, it has 29 million cubic kilometers of ice, which is 90% of all the ice on the planet and between 60 to 70% of all the world's fresh water. That's crazy, huh? Dude, I bet that is some crispy water boy. Bobby Boucher in that water? That's, a, that's, a, that's some high-quality H2O. <laughs> all right, so there you go. This place is big, cold, and it contains a lot of ice. Now it is time to get into the juicy stuff. Since you know the whole history of it, you know what it looks like, you know where it's at, and you know what it contains. Okay? So the strange facts and findings are a lot. So grab your popcorn and sit down. Because Dan is going to start us off with the first one. Oh, yeah. All right. So our first strange fact and finding is about Richard E. Byrd. Or I should say Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Now, we have talked about this guy a few times in previous episodes. However, we will go over him a little more extensively now since he plays a big role in Antarctica. So Admiral Richard E. Byrd was an American naval officer and explorer who served in the United States Navy from 1912 until 1947. He was a recipient of the Medal of Honor and was a pioneering American aviator, polar explorer, and organizer of polar logistics. So Richard led aircraft expeditions over the Atlantic Ocean, Arctic Ocean, and the Antarctic. He was the first person to reach both the North Pole and South Pole by air. Now the key word here is air, not ship by air. His ass flew a plane, okay? So his final rank in the military upon retiring was a two-star rank rear admiral, which I have no idea what that is because I wasn't in the military. Rear admiral. Hmm, okay. Not a real flattering title? No. Anyways, a quick little note here. Richard Byrd was a Freemason, okay? And in 1921, he had become a master mason over the Federal Lodge Number 1, which was located in Washington, D.C. Just keep that in mind going forward, okay? So, we fast forward to early 1946. During this time, the United States started looking into Antarctica. 
the United States Navy ended up wanting to establish a research base there. So they started what was called the Antarctic Developments Project. So later that year, the Secretary of the Navy appointed Richard Byrd as the officer in charge of the Antarctic Development Project. They told Richard Byrd that he was going to Antarctica to explore that area, and the expedition was codenamed Operation High Jump. Now, this Operation High Jump was the largest Antarctic expedition to date, and it was expected to last between six to eight months. It was supported by a large naval force, which consisted of 13 U.S. support ships, aircraft carrier U.S. Philippine Sea, six helicopters, six flying boats, two seaplane tenders, and 15 other aircraft. The total number of personnel involved was over 4,000. So on December 31st, 1946, the United States Navy ended up arriving in the Ross Sea and made aerial explorations of an area half the size of the United States and ended up recording 10 new mountain ranges in Antarctica. And side note, the Ross Sea is kind of like a bay area in the Southern Ocean off of Antarctica's coast. Just a little FYI. And that's also where they set up the McMurdo uh, Research Station, the United States did. Ah. Which is the largest research station there. All right, so why do we cover all this? I mean, it's cool that they mapped out Antarctica and all that. But did they find anything weird? Well, get this. So on March 5th, 1947, Admiral Richard Byrd was interviewed by International News Service aboard the expedition's command ship USS Mount Olympus, in which Richard Byrd discussed the lessons learned from the Operation High Jump. So what did he say? Well, Admiral Richard E. Byrd warned that the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions inside the Earth. The Admiral explained that he was not trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that in case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes flying over one or both poles. Richard Byrd also said that the most important result of his observation and discoveries is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. And then he ended the interview by saying that Antarctica, in the future, would become the most important place in the world for science. Now, that's the first strange fact I'm finding. Our next one kind of connects with it. So, Dan, do you want to start us off with that one? All right. So, our next strange fact I'm finding is about the Nazis. So, between 1938 and 1939, Germany went on an Antarctica expedition exploring nearly one-fifth of the Antarctic continent, taking over 11,000 photographs. During this expedition, the German aircraft also dropped several thousand small Nazi flags, as well as special metal poles with the expedition's insignia and this swastika. What do you think the people did that were just, you know, exploring it later on after they found a bunch of Nazi flags everywhere? I'm just... What the hell?! I'm just thinking, like, if there was, like, some kind of creature, or, like, penguin or something, I don't know, getting impaled by one of these metal poles. Damn. It's got to suck. That's kind of that's dangerous. Yeah. All right. So, following that expedition in 1939, Germany officially stated, Hey, the Atlantic coastal area of Antarctica 
Well, that's our territory now. All the countries around the world were like, uh, okay, you know, we don't give a shit. It's yours. Go ahead. So Germany ended up naming that region Neuschwabenland. So this newly named region of Neuschwabenland is where German explorers stated that they had discovered several ice-free regions with lakes and signs of vegetation in Antarctica's interior. The Germans' expedition's geologists said that this phenomenon was due to the hot springs or other geothermal sources. So this discovery got back to Heinrich Himmler, okay? And if y'all don't know who he is, well, he was one of the most powerful men in Nazi Germany at the time and was one of the leading members of the Nazi party. So word of this discovery got back to Heinrich Himmler, and he was like, whoa, we've got to build a permanent base there in Antarctica, yeah? No, he pretty much said, hey, we need to build a permanent base in Antarctica. Get it done, okay? So the base was supposedly built, and it was codenamed Station 211. Now, we say it was supposedly built because there were no official announcements about the base being built. However, there is something interesting that backs up those claims of the bases being built there, which we talk about in our next Strange Fact and Finding. So our next Strange Fact and Finding is about another high-ranking member of Nazi Germany and what he went on record saying. So in 1945, Grand Admiral Karl Donitz, who was basically another really high-ranking member in Nazi Germany, well, he was quoted saying, The German submarine fleet is proud of having built Further Führer, a.k.a. Hitler, in another part of the world, a Shangri-La on land, a highly secured fortress. A submarine crew then placed Hitler's treasure at the foot of an unnamed glacier in the Mulekhoffman Mountains in Antarctica. Now, at this time, no one really believed Karl Donitz. Well, if you remember back to our first strange fact and finding, we talk about Richard E. Byrd and the United States starting Operation High Jump, which this Operation High Jump started only one year after Karl Donitz, making that quote about the fortress and Hitler's treasure being buried there. Now, something we didn't mention during our first strange fact and finding is that all of the warships and over 4,000 men who were sent to Antarctica during Operation High Jump by the United States, well, they were all outfitted in battle gear and were told that it was just a, and I quote, training mission and that it wasn't a mission to find hidden Nazi bases or treasures or anything like that. So it's like, eh, what a coincidence. Uh-huh. And it just keeps getting weirder because there's more that connects this. So tell us about this next one. All right. So our next strange fact and finding is about another expedition that occurred in Antarctica. So between 1956 and 1960, a Norwegian expedition mapped out a 2.7 million square kilometer region of Antarctica. They did a ton of land surveys and air photos. Now, something interesting that should be mentioned is that during this expedition, this crew did find an ice-free mountain that matched the description of the one that was rumored by the Nazi Germany Station 211. The crew called this area Savarthamaren, a.k.a. the Black Hammer. So, uh, of course, most of you are like, why don't we just go there and look for this damn thing? And you know what? I was thinking the same damn thing. I wanted to call you up, Dan and book us a plane flight to Antarctica and do some exploring, push this episode back a week, say, hey, we got some shit we're doing, we can't release any episodes this week, but next week's going to be baller because we're going to Antarctica. However, after doing some research, 
Antarctica has some rules and shit, you know? Now, if this was back before the 1950s, we could have gone. I mean, there was barely any rules that existed back then. It was like the damn wild, wild west. However, just like we mentioned earlier, the Antarctica Treaty was established and this kind of like established rules and shit. Now, there is something that we didn't mention during history class is that in 1978, the United States passed the Antarctic Conservation Act. This act was to establish rules for all U.S. citizens, U.S. corporations, and certain persons who participate in U.S. government expeditions visiting or operating in Antarctica. So if you want to go to Antarctica to look for Nazi secret bases, then you better be a scientist because access is super limited. Only a handful of specifically selected scientists are chosen to go. Yeah, and just a side note, I did look into what exactly would be the punishment if we were to go to Antarctica without approval. Like, I was thinking, screw it, let's just risk it. Let's just get in a plane and go, you know? Like, we rented a boat or a plane and just landed that bitch right in the middle of that hoe. Like, what would happen to us if we were caught? Well, the treaty specifically states that the punishment that is given out is determined by that person's original country, okay? So if we did do that and we're caught, then the United States would be the one who would be convicting us. And depending on what we did during that time would kind of like determine how long our punishment would be. But the average for just like landing there and walking around without, without approval, the average uh, punishment is around one to three years in prison and a minimum of a $10,000 fine per crime committed per person. That's what we would have had to do. One to three years in prison and $10,000, Stan. So that's a very expensive bottle of high-quality H2O that I would be going to jail for. Oh, yeah. But boy, I'm going to be like Bobby Boucher, though. Yeah. <laughs> I came back and won the bourbon bowl, baby. So because of that, I started looking into crimes in Antarctica. And uh, Dan, you want to tell us about those? Oh, of course. So our next strange fact I'm finding is about crimes in Antarctica, of course. Now, since there aren't many people allowed in Antarctica, there haven't been many crimes. However, the ones that have occurred are pretty gruesome. So the first one that we're going to talk about happened in 1959 at a Soviet research station in Antarctica named Vostok Station. Which, side note, this station was created in 1957 by the Soviet Union and was used to study the land and, you know, other shit. Also, this station is still there today, except it is now run by Russia since, you know, Soviet Union collapsed. All right. So in 1959, at this research station, there were two scientists and they were sitting around just shooting the shit and they were playing a game of chess. Well, one of them lost and got super angry. He got so angry that he attacked the other scientist with an ice axe. Wait, 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 wait. Ice axe. You talking about an axe that's actually used to... Like chop ice? Climb. Oh, that. I thought he made, he went out there, he made an axe out of ice. No, it's, they're pretty much like those axes that you like use to climb the side of glaciers and shit. Oh, okay. I thought those were like ice picks. So they're ice axes. Well. Yeah. So the scientist who lost in chess, he attacked the other one with a ice axe. Now, did the scientist who got attacked, did he die? Eh, we don't know. So the reason we don't know is because some sources say that he died and others say that he didn't. I mean, it's, it's pretty much equal. When you look up sources for this, some say, oh, he died. Some say he didn't die. 
The only thing that we know for sure, though, is that the attack took place and that it took place at the research station by two scientists who were playing a game of chess in 1959. And shortly after that attack took place, the Soviet Union made an announcement and they banned chess games at all of its Antarctica research stations. Oh, man. That sucks. He attacked them not because he had anger issues, but because of this game chess. This board game. Is mind control. Oh, my gosh. All right. So that was the first crime. Now, the next one occurred on April 12th of 1984 at the Almirante Brown Station, which was an Argentina research station. So during that morning of April 12th, everyone had their shit packed and were ready to leave the research station for the winter. However, the Argentine government called up the research station's leader and told him that he and the station's doctor would have to stay at the station for the winter, that they were not allowed to leave. Now, this pissed off the station's leader so bad that he ended up saying, F this place, and he started burning down the entire facility. I'm not joking. He started burning everything down in that facility. The station's personnel, who were waiting to leave, were like, what the hell are you doing, Captain? And which he was like, this place. He was burning it down and everything. They were like, whoa, he's going crazy. So luckily, the people who were just kind of like standing around watching this, they were rescued by a ship and taken to Palmer Station, which was an American research station about 36 miles away. Damn. So that's our second crime. So he was just very angry about not being able to leave. I mean, I guess I would be too. He got cooped up. He was like, man, I can't take this place no more. That's how I feel about this closet that I'm recording in. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Next thing we know, we're going to hear Aaron just like yelling, just breaking down the door. Get me out of this place. All right. So our next crime occurred on October 9th, 1996 at the McMurdo Station. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break. We will be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back. So this McMurdo station is a United States Antarctic research station that was built in 1956. The station is the largest community in Antarctica, capable of supporting up to 1,258 residents, and serves as one of three year-round United States Antarctic science facilities. All right, so in 1996, at this McMurdo station, there were two kitchen workers who got tired of cooking and being cramped up in a very small space with one another, And, of course, they started arguing. One of the kitchen workers took a hammer and attacked the other one. A fight ensued, and one of the other cooks in the kitchen were like, Hey, guys, calm down, and he tried breaking it up. However, (laughs) he got his ass beat down with the hammer as well. Now, 
neither one of the guys who got attacked with the hammer were killed, but they both did require stitches. So after that fight, the FBI sent a few agents down there to McMurdo Station to investigate what happened. The original cook who got the hammer and attacked the other was arrested, flown to Honolulu, Hawaii, and charged with four counts of assault with a dangerous weapon. He ended up pleading not guilty, and after that, no more information was actually publicly made. Yeah, it just kind of disappeared. Oh, I bet he disappeared. You made us go all the way down to Antarctica to get your ass. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> all right, uh, so we have two more crimes left. So this next one occurred on May 11th, 2000, at the Amundsen Scott Station, which is an American research station. So at this station, there was an Australian astrophysicist named Rodney Marks. Rodney started complaining about having, you know, my stomach hurts really bad. It hurts. I've got a tummy ache. And he ended up developing a fever and having some nausea and vomiting. And he was like, my tummy, it hurts. And they were like, shut the fuck up, Rodney, and go lay down. Damn, being a baby. The next day, though, on May 12th, guess what? Rodney was found dead. Oh, snap. Yeah. Now, at the time, it was believed that he had died of natural causes. Also, winter was coming to Antarctica, so they didn't really expedite getting his body out of Antarctica. So instead, they decided to put his body into a freezer at the observatory at the research station and wait six months until the winter was over. Imagine having to go into that observatory freezer and be like, I forgot Rodney was inside here. Damn, that's messed up. Damn. And it gets worse. So after the six months were up, Rodney's body was flown to New Zealand for an autopsy. Now get this. The autopsy concluded that he had died from methanol poisoning. And you know what? How the poisoning occurred remains a mystery. Someone got his ass. Yeah, they did. Poor Rodney. All right. So our last crime that we're going to talk about occurred on October 9th, 2018 at the Bellingshausen Station. And that is a Russian research station. But before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. So at this research station, there was a 54-year-old electrical engineer named Sergei Safatsky and a 52-year-old welder named Oleg Bloskovsis. I'm sure I butchered their last names completely, <laughs> but at least I got their first names right. While Sergei and Oleg had worked together at the station for the past six months, apparently the working conditions they had required both of them to be confined in a small workspace for long periods of time. Because of this, the two didn't really get along. Then on October 9th, 2018, when Sergei got super drunk, went up to Oleg and stabbed him in the chest multiple times. Now, as to why Sergei stabbed Oleg, it's, there's two different stories, okay? Some say that Sergei was an avid reader and liked to check out a ton of books at the station's library. Well, Oleg apparently heard about this and he would find out what books that 
Sergi had checked out and was reading, and he would go rent out them same books and just read the endings of them. And then he would go up to Sergi and tell him the ending of the book, pretty much spoiling it for him. That is one of the stories that they said why Sergi stabbed him. I swear to God. I'd stab the shit out of him too. Don't you ruin the <laughs> end of a book like that. So yeah, that's the first story, okay? Tell us the next story, okay? Oh, I would have shanked the shit out of Oleg. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have. Uh. So that was the first story as to why Sergei shanked Oleg. Now, the next story is that during dinner, Sergei was talking about needing to make more money. Then Oleg apparently told Sergei that he should have danced on top of the table to make money, in which Sergei was super offended and shanked Oleg's bitch ass, saying, Yeah, I ain't dancing on the table for you. Both of those stories sound ridiculous. Don't they? I don't know. The first one sounds really legit, though. If you're an avid reader and you're taking the time to read a book and then someone just comes up to you and be like, yeah, he dies at the end. You know, that reminds me of my brother. He always sends us group text messages of movies that are coming out and he'll get the spoiler oh ending of gosh. them and send us the spoiler ending and ruin it for us. And it pisses me off. He doesn't even like watch the movie. He would read like the trans the script of it, find out what happens and then it'll be like, hey, guys. I don't want to spoil it for you. Do you want to hear about it? And then right afterwards, just send it. What happens? <laughs> yeah, it pisses me off so bad. I ignore the text. All right. So regardless of which of these stories are true, what we know for sure is that Oleg got shanked. Okay, we know that's for sure. And he was immediately sent to a hospital in Chile. After that, the manager of the station went up to Sergi and was like, what the hell, man? Why'd you shank him? Sergey, he didn't say anything, and he just surrendered himself. 11 days later, he was placed on a flight back to Russia and then was placed on house arrest. Then in February of 2019, during the court hearing, Sergey was remorseful for his actions and apologized to Oleg. Oleg then forgave Sergey and was said, you know, they should just drop the case, in which the public prosecutor approved the proposal since Sergey had no criminal record and the judge just dropped the case. And that's all the crimes that have ever been committed in Antarctica that we're aware of. That have been documented. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So I guess we go on to our next strange fact and finding. Ooh. You ready for this one, Dan? This one's a little crazy. I'm ready. So our next strange fact and finding is about pyramids in Antarctica. So way, way back in the day, in November of 1935, an American aviator named Lincoln Ellsworth, he ended up flying past a section of Antarctica. During his flight, he discovered a series of mountain peaks. Eventually, years later, these mountain peaks were officially named Antarctica's Ellsworth Mountains. So they named it after him, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool even though no one's going to be able to get to see it unless you have a lot of money. So in the southern part of the Ellsworth Mountains is an area called Heritage Range. This area is known for having some amazing fossils, which some dating back to 500 million years ago. So something interesting in this region of the Ellsworth Mountains is a smaller mountain that stands 4,150 feet. Now, if you don't know if that is a big mountain or not, and you're just kind of thinking... 4,150 feet, eh, seems like a tall enough mountain. Let me help your ass out, because I was the same damn way, okay? So, the Denali Mountain is the tallest mountain in North America. 4,150 feet 
is a little less than one-fifth of the height of the Denali Mountain. So it isn't like a big-ass mountain, this 4,150-feet one. However, the shape of it is very unique because it is shaped exactly like a pyramid. Yeah, so if you want to see it, we will post the coordinates that you can plug into Google Earth, and it'll take you right to it, or you just look at the screenshot that we took of the pyramid-looking object on Google Earth ourselves. So we got the coordinates, and we got the image right here. What do you think of that, Dan? Of course, you got the middle pyramid, right? But if you look to the left and to the right of it, it almost looks like there's two more pyramids, one smaller one to the left and a medium-sized one to the right. I would say it looks like a pyramid, but this was like an experimental one because it's not perfectly on this one side. But that could have been just from weather, weathering. It could, yeah, it almost looks like a bridge connecting the other pyramid. That's true. And that the snow is covering it up. Anyway, so upon the rumors and news of there being pyramids in Antarctica and this image floating around everywhere, the United States government, you know, they didn't come out and say, oh, shit, we found a pyramid. You know, they didn't make any announcement at all. But, of course, like I said, a lot of people started talking about it. And some professors came out and they all stated the same thing, which was pretty much that, hey, it's just a mountain that looks like a pyramid. Now, the media pretty much picked up on that and started saying that the rumor of it being a pyramid, eh, it's just a crazy conspiracy theory that's being made up. If, if it's something the media don't want you to believe, they just call it a conspiracy. That's how it works these days. Exactly. I, uh, I advise everybody to go take a look at that screenshot, you know, that we posted. It'll be in the links. Um, also, we'll post the coordinates to it. If you want to go look at it yourself, just go to Google Earth. All right. So our next strange fact of finding is about more weird findings in Antarctica. So the first one we have that we're going to talk about is what was found in 2018. People started saying that there was a buried UFO in Antarctica that is about 1,400 meters long and that you could see it on Google Earth by entering in certain coordinates. So, of course, just like the pyramids, we have the image of this one. We will post it with the coordinates for you to look at as well. I'm not going to read the coordinates because I feel like a dumbass because I don't know how to read them right. But we do have the image right here. It looks like something crashed and was covered up by um, snow. It is weird. I don't know. that. It looks like a lot of poles or like a lot of people standing in line for something. I would almost start to say that that was like a skeleton of a whale or something. Hmm. But then again, I don't think that's... Looks like there's an astronaut up top, and then there's like a UFO that crashed and covered up below it, and then all these people are like getting out of the crash UFO and walking in line. That's what it looks like. It's exactly what it looks like. But there's no footprints. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if we did see footprints from this high, but... So... We started digging into this photograph and trying to find out, hey, is this real? You know, and of course it was real, right? You could plug the coordinates in and it takes you right there and you can see it. And then we started saying, what the hell is it? Now, on some forms, there were some official people who have access to what's called REMA, which I thought it was private access, but apparently anybody can get access to this site. And it's, it's a website that's similar to Google Earth that supposedly has the highest resolution photographs of Antarctica. And you just go to the site, you type in the coordinates, or you can just zoom in, and you can look at high-resolution photographs of Antarctica. Now, some of these people on this form said that on Rima, 
that this location isn't a buried UFO, but it is actually a German research station called Conan. But after we went to this Rima site and put in those coordinates and zoomed in, the only thing that's there is like a little blob and a little marker that says German research station Conan. I mean, the resolution on it sucked. The Rima site sucks. The photographs are absolutely horrible compared to Google Earth's. So I have no idea what they're talking about. It looks like someone painted a wall white, left like a little clump of paint, and then took a picture of it and said, this is Antarctica and this is where the German base is. That is exactly what it looks like. Like they painted over a nail on the wall. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, we'll post a link for the Rima site. And of course, we'll post the screenshot of that location when you put it into the Rima site. It just, the Rima site sucks though. Okay, I just got to say that. Was it the Living Atlas 2? Oh, yeah, livingatlas2.arcgis.com slash Antarctic DEM Explorer forward slash. All right. So our next finding occurred in 2017. Again, photos and coordinates of a weird structure that someone found on Google Earth that was located in Antarctica. It is a semicircle with smaller circles. Of course, just like the previous ones, we'll post pictures of this one and the coordinates of it if you want them. And what is that? So, yeah, what do you think of that photograph of those, of whatever that is in Antarctica? It's like someone made a wheel and then as it got closer to the mountainside, it, they squished it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a round circular object or location or something. It's weird. See, that's how, that's how I feel like someone would be trying to start like a farm or something. They make it in sections. Having like a surrounding, like it looks like the water there. Yeah, I 100% agree. Looks fairly poorly made. Yeah, and when people started looking into this, you know, they started speculating that, hey, this was actually like maybe an ancient castle, like this was the foundation of it, or maybe it was like a previous civilization started building like a village, or maybe it was an alien landing pad. Some people even said, hey, it might have been bones from a big, weird-ass, frozen snake creature. Which, that's a little out there, but I could maybe see, like, a village or something, you know? Yeah, village. But, yeah, so just like every other time, the word about this started spreading around, and scientists came out from their elite labs, right, donned their coats, and they made an announcement, and they said, hey, those uh, dark blue patches inside the rings, you know, that photograph, it's nothing, they're just water above ice, and the whole thing is probably just like a pond or a shallow lake that has frozen over during the winter. Eh, it's nothing to be, you know, concerned about. And they went back underground. Figures. But a frozen pond or lake, I don't see that at all. But okay. Oh. All right. So tell us about this next one, Dan, which, in my opinion, is the weirdest friggin' one out of them all. Okay? <laughs> so the next weird thing that someone found while looking at Antarctica through Google Earth is supposedly a weird-looking face. We have the image, the coordinates. Now, NASA came out and said that this wasn't a face, that in fact it was just a snow-covered mountain, and why people were seeing a face is because of something that is called the pareidolia which is a psychological phenomenon where people see recognizable shapes in clouds and rocks formations. 
NASA was like, nope, it's just a mountain. Listen here. People who think they see a face, you're screwed up, okay? You got something messed up in your head. That's what they pretty much said. I'm sorry, that, that's a face. That is a face. That's 100% a face. So this got me to look up the Mars face. Do you remember that way back in the day, how there was, was a face supposedly on Mars? Yeah. So I looked that up and I was like, oh, well, maybe this has like a direct connection with that one. However, um, since I guess technology has greatly increased since way back then, the face was actually shadows, like the eyes were shadow and they showed like a more updated version. And it was just like a mountain crater, which I mean, uh-huh. we could throw out the theory that maybe we went to Mars after we found the face and then we blew it up. So that evidence would be gone, right? Good. But, eh, you know, just theorizing. This actually looks like uh, something that we talked about before. One of the like drawings on like a cave or something or some kind of statue. Hmm. Looks like the Elder Scrolls. Um, is it Morrowind? Skyrim? No, Skyrim. There's a guy you kill, you get his mask. Oh, yeah. What is that mask? Hold on. Uh, it's going to make me look this up. Uh, Elder Scrolls. The Konaherik? The Konarik? Yeah, that one. That's what it kind of looks like. Oh, the Dragon Priest. Might be the Dragon Priest one. I don't know. One of those. Anyways. It does look like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Except there's the nose on this one. All right, uh, so the last two weird things that we're going to talk about um, are supposedly crashed UFOs. Now, of course, we'll provide the pictures and coordinates for both of them. The first uh, supposedly crashed UFO is a bluish tint-looking crater that is near a mountain. It is a half a mile long and only 0.1 miles wide. and It is very weird looking because it is all by itself in that little crater area and it's got the bluish tint to it and it's like, it's weird. Now, scientists, they came out of their little holes underground and they made an announcement about this. And you know what they said? What'd they say? They said, hey, that little crater, eh, it's just part of the mountain that's sticking out that's near it. Get out of here, scientists. (laughs) That's what they said. That's not the freaking mountain next to it, man. That's nowhere close. Looks like it's downhill. Yeah. Oh, man. Eh, shit like that makes me go, ugh. Anyway. All right, tell us about this next one, Dan. All right, this next one, again, like we said, is supposedly another crashed UFO. However, this one is on a small island that is right next to Antarctica. We have the image, looking at it. That one is very interesting, actually. Yeah, it's weird. And I personally remember looking this one up, so it it did exist. However, Google Earth updated its images, and now you can't see this one anymore. When you go to that location, it's gone. That complete area is gone. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, tell us what this image looks like, Dan. Now, in this image, you can see what looks like something that flew down, hit the top of the mountain, and then crashed and slid for a long time in the snow until it came to a stop. Which, I mean, if you look at the very top of this image, you could tell that it hit the top of the mountain and it just sprayed stuff everywhere. But the news media came out and stated that this was just a rock that had fallen from the top of that mountain and rolled down. However, 
Shortly after that is when Google Earth updated their images to not show this anymore. But we do have proof that it existed. We do. And it does not look like a rock that just kind of rolled downhill. No. You can clearly see it almost looks like there's a train or something where the pin is dropped at. Yeah. Mm. It does look like a train. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I don't know if that was a rock. I mean, it honestly looks like it. It hit the mountaintop and just sprayed stuff everywhere. Yeah. You know, rocks and stuff. It's like, that's what it looks like. It was hauling ass. I bet the government found out about this and was like, shit. And then they had Google wipe it and they went there and re- retrieved that uh, UFO or whatever it was. I mean, we do know Google works with the government. Just saying. Yeah, just listen to our last episode. All right, so let's talk about our next strange fact and finding, which is about expansion. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Expansion. What the hell does that have to do with anything? At least that's what I would be thinking if I was a listener. Well, just hear me out, okay? Because this is very interesting, and everyone that I have asked about this never knew that this took place, okay? And I think it is our duty to let you know and for you to let everyone else know this, and you can look it up. It is a fact. Everything we give you in Strange Fact and Findings is a fact. Look it up. Check for yourself. Verify it and spread the word because this shit is nuts, man. I didn't know about this. So get this shit. At the beginning of every winter, the Antarctic sea ice begins to expand. Now, this Antarctic sea ice is pretty much just a shit ton of ice that surrounds Antarctica. As winter comes along and the temperatures drop, the sea ice grows to about 40,000 square miles per day. And at the end of it, it eventually doubles the size of Antarctica itself, adding up to an extra 20 million square kilometers of ice around it. Holy shit. Now, you know how big that is? So to put this into perspective, that is equivalent to one and a half United States. Okay, one and a half of those. Or if you're from Australia, mate, that's two of your fucking countries. Or if you're from the United Kingdom, that's 50 of yours. So that's how big it is. One and a half United States or two Australias or 50 United Kingdoms worth of ice. That's how much ice forms and then breaks up and melts each year. Now, we have a diagram that we will post for you to take a look at, which shows the map of Antarctica before the annual ice expansion and then after it. And this happens every year. Did you know that, Dan? A little bit, but not to this extent. Yeah, that's nuts. I didn't know that it doubled the size of Antarctica. I thought it was just like, I just figured it would like put like a small ring around Antarctica. That's, that's a big one. Okay, what I imagined initially is what the second picture is. I imagined, okay, it'd look like that. And then the ice would go away and it'd just be the gray spot. Yeah. I didn't know it'd be like the first picture. No, that's, that's insane. Side note, I I don't want to go off on a theory here, okay? But this made me think of something. Now, every year you hear Greta Thunberg, how dare you, or some politician pushing climate change, you know? And the big talking point to climate change is how the ice caps are melting, how all the glaciers are melting, Antarctica's melting. So what if scientists are showing 
these politicians or Greta or whomever, this process of it expanding and contracting, and these politicians are too dumb to understand, or maybe they just don't know, that this occurs annually, and they just use it as proof of pushing the agenda of climate change and global warming. I mean, it would make sense, right? Because they aren't necessarily lying. They could say, hey, Antarctica's melting. Look, here we show you all the proof. But what the politicians don't know is they don't do the research. They don't know this happens annually. So they go right along with it and push that agenda, which goes into the next question of what do the politicians or elites benefit from the climate change or global warming agenda? Now, I'm not saying climate change or global warming is fake. I'm just saying that this is a theory and it's something to think about, okay? Just my two cents. I mean, people that don't do their research and such, like, listen to them, they'll show them, just show them this image right here. Like, this is what, you know, Antarctica used to look like. This is what it is now. Yeah. Like, climate change is an issue. Yeah, this shit happens every year. It's happening every year. It's crazy. Anyway. All right, Dan, so tell us about our last strange fact I'm finding. All right. So our last strange fact and finding, yes, I know you're always just like, yes, finally the last one, <laughs> is about red water. So in 1911, on a remote glacier in East Antarctica, a strange phenomenon was observed. Water coming off a glacier was being turned into a deep red color, looking exactly like blood. The people who saw this in 1911 were like, what the f***? I would be too. Right? It looks messed up. It looks crazy. I'd be like, what the hell's dead under there? Like, do we need to look at, like, find out what this is? So we have a photo of that actual glacier and the blood red water running out from inside of it. Of course, we will link that up for you all to take a look at. And, God, it really does look like blood. It looks like a seal was, like, thrown up there and murdered or dolphin or something by, like, a killer whale. Because there's blood just pumping out of the middle of that ice thing. Yeah, you can see, like, the crack there, and that's where it's coming from, it looks like, but... Yeah, so... Wait, what, what is that in the bottom left? Is that a fucking beach ball? No, that's, um... Looks like a lobster trap. Or crab trap buoy. Looks like a buoy, either for a lobster or a crab trap. I don't know. i never seen one colored like that. Because that's orange, like, white, blue, white, blue, and it looks like orange again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Looks like a beach ball to me. Someone out there playing with a beach ball. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for many, many years, the reason why the water was actually turning red, it was like a mystery. Nobody knew what, why the hell it was happening. Now get this. In 2017, scientists announced that they had discovered the cause of the blood red water. So after testing the water, they had discovered variations of different DNA strands inside of it. What they determined is that the red color was actually blood that was flowing up from inside this glacier that was extremely deep and ran all the way down into the bottom of the ocean. Something inside of the bottom of the ocean was dying in large amounts and having its blood siphoned off and out into the ocean through this glacier. And what makes this even weirder is that the DNA strands were consistent with warm-blooded reptilian animals. So that's actual blood? Of reptilians. 
I swore I read somewhere that it was just like some type of uh, mineral that changed it that color. Yep, you're 100% right, Dan. That was fake. I lied to you. I got you. Ah. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I wanted to see how you reacted. To, but you did, your re- you did your research. I got to applaud you. You did your research. <laughs> I have to admit, I remember one listener had suggested or sent that photo of that glacier. I think the last time we talked about Antarctica with your, I think your theory Thursday with that weird ass creature that was spotted. Yeah. I remember them sending this and I looked it up because I was just like, holy shit, that's a lot of blood. But it was something in the minerals. It's like the minerals or whatever. Yeah. So the real reason as to why the water flowing from within the glacier is red is because there's like a subglacial lake that is high in salt and oxidized iron. And when this highly iron and salt water comes up in contact with oxygen, the iron rusts and gives the water its red shade. So that's rusty water. Rusty water. Ooh. Rusty spoons. I was about to say DNA strands of warm-blooded reptilians. I don't remember reading about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, huh? Almost got. Yeah. That was good. All right, so that's the end of our strange facts and findings. Of course, now we're going to roll into the theories. Ooh, theories. Yeah, so Dan, do you want to tell us about our first theory? This theory is that Antarctica is actually the home to extraterrestrial life. That is why there is a no-fly zone or no-sail zone surrounding Antarctica. It's to not interfere with the beings that are residing there or beneath the ice, since they have found weird structures like the pyramids and other things and cases of UFOs crashing there, which I 100% believe that is a UFO that hit the mountaintop. And the fact it's a mystery and most people think the mystery is proof of aliens as well anyways. I think 100% too, that was a UFO that crashed and hit that mountain. And I think the governments truly know Or maybe they don't know what the hell is there and that they're covering it up because they're too scared to tell the public because they're afraid they're going to freak out. And that's why they have all the research stations there. It's like, hey, there was an ancient civilization here or maybe there is one currently here under the ice or maybe one that's roaming around and uh, we're here to just study it, you know? Yeah. That's, That's what I believe. I believe there's some shit going on there that we're not aware of. I bet they're looking for oil. My God. (laughs) You got oil? You get freedom. Freedom! All right. So this next theory is about secret bases. All right? Okay. So this theory is that Antarctica contains hidden underground bases that the elites don't want anyone to know about. Which, on the surface, I mean, it seems like a pretty cool theory, right? I mean, you had the Nazis go there during their exploration times and supposedly they built this fortress for Hitler and stored this treasure there and then only a year after announcing this the United States all of a sudden was like oh hey we gotta go we gotta go do some training in Antarctica wink wink you know so it makes you think maybe there was some hidden underground bases and besides that of the Nazis and Operation High Jump is there anything else that kind of backs this theory up eh There kind of is. I mean, if you believe this one dude named Corey. So, Dan, tell us about this Corey dude. He's a pretty rad dude, man. I tell you what. Nice. Party with him in high school. Just kidding. Don't know Corey. I knew a guy named Corey Miller in high school. 
went over to his house and I drank a 12 pack of Budweiser's by myself. I threw up on his lawn. I went and bought a black and mild off a dude for five bucks. Got totally ripped off. Wow. And then somebody ended up pissing in his shower and he kicked everybody out. Thanks a lot, Corey Miller. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Did you piss in a shower? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a civilized person. I would have pissed outside. Okay. And by the way, I don't drink, ladies and gentlemen, at all. Okay. That was like when I was 15 or 16, I worked at a gas station. I was able to get alcoholic beverages. This is when he was 21. Oh, yeah. I don't want to incriminate myself. I was 21. 21. Okay. Legal age. That's right. Legal age. Yeah. Even though they can't do shit to you now. Still legal age. All right. So there was an individual named Corey Good, not Miller, who was a whistleblower. He claimed that from 1987 to 2007, he had access to smart glass pads which described the successful Nazi space program that operated out of Antarctica. Corey said that the Antarctica program was controlled by German secret societies rather than the Nazi SS. He was quoted saying, As explained, the Nazi remnants that were made up mostly of secret societies that created a breakaway civilization kept the most advanced technology secret from even their highest military and political leaders set up enclaves in South America and Antarctica. The locations in Antarctica were some ancient civilization ruins that had remained occupied by certain groups in thermal areas that cause areas similar to lava tubes and domes under the glaciers. Now, Corey also made claims that the Nazi bases were built adjacent to the caverns controlled by another advanced civilization, the reptilians. He was quoted saying, again, there was an underground and underglacier city complex that was already occupied and set up in a couple of locations, and the Nazis renovated an area that was mostly crushed above the surface, but had plenty of room under the dome to ice. Thermal underground energy and caverns, you know, accessible via U-boat under the ice flows and openings that made it ideal for a hidden multi-purpose base that were perfect for them to secretly build out during the entire Second World War. So, that statement right there, if you believe this Corey dude, who is a supposed whistleblower, okay, he's pretty much saying that the elites had pretty much a breakaway civilization in Antarctica. When he said that he had access to smart glass pads, you're talking about like a, just a piece of glass that was like a computer? Like pretty much like an iPad, but just pure glass? Yeah, so that's what I kind of envisioned when he said smart glass pad was an iPad. Eh. Which, when were iPads invented? When was the first iPad released? It was like 2012, 2010. April 3rd, 2010. Okay, so this was way before that. Which, we always say that the United States and other countries are way more advanced technology-wise, than the public, right? They're way far advanced. And then... Especially NASA. Yeah, 100%. And then they release, you know, the less... If they get a new technology, they'll release older technology to the public, which is new technology to them. So we kind of get the hand-me-downs. This is true. We do get the hand-me-downs. Sucks, though. Yeah. Give us the real technology. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So let's go on to the next theory, uh, which is about Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. So this theory is that the lost city of Atlantis is actually deep 
under all of that ice in Antarctica, miles down. So to kind of back this up, scientists said that around 12,000 years ago that Antarctica was not covered in ice at all. And that kind of brings up the speculation that that maybe is where Atlantis once was and that they had pyramids and such with advanced technology and then it got hit by the ice and the Atlanteans ended up leaving in a hurry in which some believe that they scattered across the world and some went to create the Egyptian Empire, some went to create the Aztec Empire and the rest went to create the Mayan Empire, which kind of makes sense if you think about it because as crazy as that sounds, you have to think, how do all these empires, the Egyptians, the Aztecs, the Mayans, how do they all have pyramids being built around the same time? They couldn't communicate with one another. It was almost impossible to. So how did they know to make pyramids? The Atlanteans, they spread out. Because you think about it, just like the Nazis, how supposedly the secret society pretty much broke off from like the Nazis. They were their own different society, but they had the same technology pretty much. Yep. Or more advanced. So pretty much the Atlanteans, they ended up, you know, breaking off into different branches into different parts of the world and they ended up making this almost the same exact stuff. I like that theory, Dan. I like that a lot. That was a good one. It was. And hey, maybe to add to this, okay, maybe 12,000 years ago, that's where Atlantis was, right? Because there was some scientists, and I don't mean to bash scientists, okay, because some of the stuff they do is all right. They drilled a hole all the way down in Antarctica, and they ended up pulling some core samples out. And what they found was fresh vegetation that years, thousands of years ago, Antarctica was like a lush rainforest. And somehow, it ended up becoming this ice cap, you know, which... I say somehow, but it would be more of a, like a weirdness of thinking, hey, how, how was it originally a lush forest when this bitch is covered in ice, right? Which makes me think maybe the magnetic poles had something to do with it. Maybe the poles switched, you know? Maybe they yeah. turned the earth a little bit, the rotation turned. I don't freaking know. I'm not a geologist, an astronaut. I'm not any of those people. Don't quote me on that. I'm just theorizing. Because, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, the North Pole and Antarctica used to be lush green areas. But then, boom, yep. now they're all covered in ice. Strange. Because you think about it. Just like uh, the sea ice. How every winter, ice builds up around Antarctica. Then summer, spring, summer comes along and it melts. You know? How, how hard is it to think that, you know, Antarctica wasn't all frozen from before. But now it is. Yeah. Weather, it's a bitch. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the weather and strange things and our regular episode, Dan, tell us about our next theory. All right. This theory goes along with our regular episode that Antarctica contains one of the entrances into hollow earth and that the world powers are keeping you know, everyone away from it. They are not sure what is in hollow earth. They are carefully monitoring Antarctica for the day that the entrance opens up whatever is underneath comes out. This is why all 12 countries interested in Antarctica signed the Antarctic Treaty, for when that day comes, maybe the world may have to come together to defend itself from whatever's inside. And this is why uh, Claude Schwab, or whatever the hell his name is, is getting uh, all of the 
continents to create one world government. New, 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 new world order. Yeah. And even though Russia is not a part of those 12 countries, Russia and the United States, I want to say that they are on a, well, they used to be probably, but like on a stalemate on it or whatever. They're just like agreeing, like, all right, we're not going to try to go for it. You're not going to try to go for it. You know, that type of thing. But yeah, none of the countries have built military bases there that we're aware of. So yeah, there's really not any beef. They're all just kind of like researching it together. So, yeah. It would would be strange if there was something underneath that ice that they're waiting uh, for it to thaw out and then try to take over the world. Yeah. Which we kind of talked about as a theory in our last episode, you know? I mean, there is, not to spoil part of the regular episode, but there is part of Antarctica that does thaw out, which they're kind of interested in. What? So, it's not on the continent of Antarctica, but it's actually in the Weddell Sea, which is, you know, not the part that freezes over, it's the part that's always frozen, that in the center of that, there is uh, what they call a Weddell Polynesia. It's an area of water that freezes over from time and then like kind of unfreezes right in the center of it. They're not sure exactly what's underneath to be doing it. And in 1974, it was actually the size of Oregon. This, they call it a hole, but it's like, I think it's like a big opening of water in it. Holy shit, that's huge. That's what she said. But by 1976, it froze over. But in 2016, they had discovered that it had opened up again. And now, currently, I think it's like the size of Maryland. And it's only getting bigger again. Damn. See, yeah, that's the entrance to Hollow Earth. That's where the aliens are at. They're chilling underneath there in the Hollow Earth. Yeah. Or maybe it's an entrance to, like, their underground water base. That's what some people believe. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. All right. So I guess let's go to our last theory, which is called the long con, (laughs) C-O-N. So this theory is that the world powers know exactly what is in Antarctica, whatever it may be or not be, okay? And it could just be a lump of ice, and that's it. But they won't tell us that, you know? They keep Antarctica as kind of like a mystery, and they make it a no-fly or cell zone to keep people away from it. And when people are denied access to something, they get more intrigued to find out what is there, right? Just exactly how I was. I wanted to fly there and see what was there, you know? And how that Falcon guy back in the day who was one of the explorers, he wanted to go there. When he finally got there, he's like, this place fucking sucks. Yeah. And, he, and then he died. That's probably what would have happened to me. <laughs> His place sucks. It's too cold. I left Boston thinking it's cold. Damn, it's probably, or it's way colder there. I'd definitely die. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so the government plays this kind of like access denied, you being more intrigued as like a card to keep, you know, wondering minds occupied from real world problems kind of like wag the dog, look over here while we're doing this, you know. And every now and then, they can use Google Earth or Maps, since we know they work with the government anyway. I mean, just listen to our last episode. Uh, They will place weird images over Antarctica, you know, kind of like making up fake things 
maybe make a little crash site that it's like, oh, you know, we we entered in a little bitty quote-unquote crash UFO and kind of leak that out, you know, leak and uh, get people searching into, you know, what it is, you know, and get all their attention swaying towards that direction when they're, you know, spending trillions of dollars bombing little kids in the Middle East, you know, so. Or maybe they're covering up their for their pizza parties and don't want anybody to know about that. Mm-hmm. Wag the dog kind of thing, and I can kind of see that. Use it as a way to control the population. But I honestly think there's something there. I think there's something there, but... And I think the government does know what's there. They just don't want to say it. Yep, I agree. And this whole Antarctic Treaty with these 12 other countries is to keep them all silent. Yep. Damn. Because, like, why would you have all these research facilities there but then not know what's there? Like, what are you doing there, then? We're just, we're just making some fresh bottled water, high-quality H2O. We're just digging in the ice, looking at these planktons, trying to make a Krabby Patty. That's pretty much what they're doing, looking at the ice, looking at the weather patterns. I mean, how long can you research one freaking area, people? There's got to be some shit going down. Didn't they find some, like, creature there already, like frozen in ice? I don't know. I don't know. I know I had those pictures from that one uh, time we did a Theories Thursday way back, you know? You gotta find that picture again. Do you still have it? Eh, it's somewhere in our Patreon posts way back. That thing was freaky looking. Yeah, it was. All right, so now I guess we roll into personal thoughts and theories. Okay, Dan, is there extraterrestrial life in Antarctica that is being covered up? Or has there been an ancient civilization in Antarctica that is being covered up? I would go with ancient civilization, considering that Antarctica wasn't just ice the whole time. There used to be lush green, you know, vegetation and such there. So it was habitable. But something happened, and I'm not going to say it was that it was Atlantis. I mean, it'd be pretty cool if it was. But I think there was a civilization there, and I think that's what all these countries are studying. Is like how they survived there, and then what happened to them that caused the place to be covered in ice. And I think that's mostly what the research is, is in just in case something like that happens again. Yeah, and when they discover new things about this ancient civilization, whether it be advanced technology or something like that, this agreement is not only to not bring military action upon it, but it is to share this, this ancient technology with the other nations of this treaty as a way to say, hey, If we find something, we all find something, right? So we all just don't have these great teleportation machines. Everybody does now. So, Dude, I would love to teleport. Oh, hell yeah. Give me a teleportation machine. I love it. I mean, I already do. We do. Yeah. Montauk. Yeah, we got to dust those Montauk chairs off. We haven't gotten into them in a really long time. We got to bring them back. They're just sitting there rusting. I got to clean them off and everything. Yeah, maybe sometime soon we'll uh, bring him back, you know, Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, Adventure Time. Aaron and Dan. Yep. All right, um, so do you have anything else you want to add to today's episode before we go into free talk? Uh, hmm. You know, I really, really want to go there. And, like, isn't it Antarctica where you can go to see the penguins and stuff? You can go off the coastline, I think, on a cruise ship. We ought to get a boat and just sail past 
Epstein's Island and just go on it and then sail down to Antarctica and go on it. That's a long trip. Hey, if any of you listeners have a boat or like a yacht and are like a billionaire. um, I, I prefer a really big boat. Yeah, and I get seasickness. So it's got to be a really big boat. Yeah, so if you own like a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, holler at us. One with like a casino. Yeah, I don't really like gambling. But I'll go and watch you gamble. Oh, I don't want to actually lose money. I just want to play. I like playing cards. Oh. A fake casino. <laughs> I think. That's right. An 18 under casino where you don't actually gamble with money. You just play cards. Yep. Send us an email to uh, Aaron or Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode about Antarctica. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the 26 pages of research. And now we roll into free talk. So how was your weekend, Dan? It was pretty good. You know, relaxing and everything. Today was very uh, exciting. <laughs> What'd you do today? I watched, uh, oh, oh, that guy with a crossbow? I watched my neighbor get arrested. <laughs> the dude had a freaking crossbow. A crossbow. T- tell the listeners what happened. All right. So I shouldn't laugh at this at all because I I just recently found out that the neighbor across the street, his son lives with him. And every now and then his son will go outside and he would just start yelling profanity and stuff like that. Just it's like he was arguing with arguing with somebody. Usually I ignore it because I'm just like, you know what, maybe he's blowing off some steam. You know, I'm not going to stop a guy from doing that. It's really not bothering me. But today he was like, you know, as I was researching, I heard him yelling. And this time, like, I could kind of make out, you know, what he was saying. You know, he was definitely yelling, you know, yeah, come out your house, see what happens, stuff like that, which I'm not used to hearing. I'm usually just used to hearing him just yelling profanity and stuff. So, of course, I get up, go to the front door, open the door and look outside. And there he is in his front yard with a crossbow. And I'm just like, hmm, that escalated because he usually never has like a weapon or anything. So I'm just like there just staring at him. So it's like, what's he going to do with that crossbow? Then he just starts saying like, yeah, you keep hiding in your house like that. Wait till you step outside on your front porch. I'm going to put an arrow in your head. And he's like pointing the crossbow at my neighbor's house. And I'm just like, oh, this seems a little bit serious now. <laughs> So I'm just like, you know, usually I ignore it this time. So you donned your chain mail, you put your chain mail on and you went out there with your axe and shield. That's right. I went out there with my boomstick and shield. Nice. No, no, I, I did what I thought was right. I, I don't usually, you know, snitch, but you know, this time it seemed like it got a little, little serious cause it started to get like violent. So I ended up calling the cops. Ah, oh, you snitch. You freaking, you know what happens to snitches? They get bitches. They get stitches. You know what? Come give me stitches then. I'm going to tell your neighbor that you did that. So he comes over there to you. Hey, when I was on the phone with the cops, you know what they said? That there were multiple phone calls about the same person. Oh, okay. <laughs> so obviously a lot of my neighbors called, called him because usually like, you know, it's fine. Not too much of a deal, but the fact that he had a crossbow. But yeah, the... I think the neighbor kid had his phone out and he was actually listening to the police radio uh, 
station or whatever. Because she like the lady on the phone said the cops were on their way. As soon as they got close, he went inside, put the crossbow up, and then came back outside holding his cell phone. So I'm like, okay, he's listening in. There's no way in hell that he would know just like randomly that, you know, cops would be there. But yeah, he, they ended up talking, you know, he was talking to the cops. The next thing I know, you know, he starts like raising his hand, you know, getting kind of, he was like throwing his hands around more and stuff like that. Okay. And then that's when just a cop just ran up behind him and just grabbed his arms, like put his arms behind his back and just handcuffed him really quick. So I'm guessing the cop thought that he was about to start swinging on the female officer talking to him. Well, he sat down and he just like kept yelling like, oh, this is just a waste of time. Y'all ain't going to get me for shit and all that stuff. And I'm just like, like, I don't know, man. You're just you're standing there in your front yard with a crossbow threatening the neighbor and kept pointing the crossbow at him. <laughs> They'll never get me while, I'm, while he's being yeah. arrested. <laughs> now, to say after they arrested him and they took him off, two officers were still there. My main goal was I went up to talk to him because I wanted to try to get it on the scene with him. That didn't happen. Obviously, they don't like doing on the scenes. They don't like being interviewed. But I did ask him, like, what happened? Like, why was he that way? And, like, I told him, like, you know, I, st- I usually steer clear of him just because of all the yelling and stuff. They said that he actually has, like, mental health issues. I'm just like, okay, that makes sense, you know. Like, hopefully he gets the help he needs. But then she was just like, but yeah, it's not against the law for him to stand there on his, like in his own property holding a crossbow. He can do that all he wants. But he was threatening people with it. That, that's exactly what I said. I was just like, I was like, yeah, I could walk out of my front, you know, front yard and hold my gun and just like look at him as well. Like, I know I can do that. It's my own property. But the fact that he's there pointing it across the street at somebody's house, threatening to put an arrow in someone's head. I was just like, that can't be legal. This officer looked at me, eh, shrugged, and that was it. My God. And I'm just like, so I could literally start threatening people from my front yard, but they can't do nothing because that's totally legal. They just didn't want to do the paperwork. No, but I'm pretty sure they didn't take him to jail. I think they did probably take him to like a psychiatric hospital. That's good. Yeah, I hope he does get this help because, I mean, I know like his dad. I've talked to his dad. I just never talked to him. And his dad's really nice and all that, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, mental uh, mental illness, you know, that's that's no joke. If you got something going on with you mentally, you need to talk to somebody or go seek help. There's no shame in that, you know. Don't suffer alone. Let somebody know, you know, reach out. There, there is no shame in asking for help. No. Never, no shame. Yeah. But yeah, that's how my day went. Well, it's an exciting day. Yeah. I mean, it did get a little scary when it was just like, I have a whole bunch of guns in the house. Let's start a revolution. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How was your day? How was your weekend? Uh, My weekend was busy. So my son had his birthday. I was like, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday? He's like, well, I want to go to Kalahari. Now, if you don't know what Kalahari is, it's like a, a resort near Austin, Texas. I was like, all right. Let's go. End up renting him a room at Kalahari. We go there. I get him the uh, hotel room, the birthday package, which is like a little, um, you get like a little private area at the indoor water park that they have. Ooh. So I get to the private area and it's just like a, a stool 
with like a, a beach thing above it. And it's like in the worst possible location. And I'm like, this sucks. So I go up to the front and they upgrade it to like a private enclosed area for only, it was only like a couple, couple bucks extra. And guess who was right in the bungalow, enclosed bungalow area next to me? Who? 808 Mafia, the famous rap producer 808 Mafia, Southside, right? And Wiz Khalifa. I shit you not. Oh, shit. We're in the next little private bungalow at this water park at resort in uh, Austin. It's crazy. Damn. So... Of course, my son, the entire time, was like, oh, it's Wiz Khalifa. And I first initially got there. I was like, nah, it's not him. That's not him. I walked by. Sure as shit, it was 808, and it was Wiz. And I was like, oh, my God. You weren't lying. He's like, I told you. And I'm like, you should go get a, you should go get a picture. But no, he couldn't. He had his bodyguards all around him and everything. And Anyways, he gets up to walk to the bathroom, Wiz Khalifa does, and he walks. Literally, I could reach my arm out and punch him right in the fucking face if I wanted to. That's how close he was to me. But he's really tall. He's like six foot four. He comes walking past me. I said, what's up, Wiz? He didn't say a damn thing to me. He looked the other way and kept walking. And I want to I be like, fuck you, man. But I was like, man, Wiz Khalifa's a dickhead, man. So, yeah. Uh. Anyways, spent the time at the water park. Uh, went on a couple rides. Got my side of my back slammed into the one of the... Water park rides, because uh, I guess I was too big for it, and it was a kid ride, which nobody told me it was a kid ride. Um, <laughs> side of my back slammed into the side of this this water slide that was apparently for kids 48 inches and under. And I was standing in line feeling like Jeffrey Epstein, right? I was like, why the hell am I up here with all these? Where's, where's the adults? I ride the ride, hurt myself. I go up to the park guy, and I'm like, hey, man, is there a red mark across my back? I hit my side on that slide. It's probably not safe. He was like, yeah, it's for kids only. You weren't supposed to ride it. I was like, oh, my bad, man. Walked away. Yeah. <laughs> You're not Anyways. supposed to ride it, but hey, we got a guy up there that's supposed to stop you, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't give a shit. They were letting everybody do everything. So then um, we go to dinner, and then we go to a little arcade that they had inside there. And uh, left the next day, came back home, you know, started research and just kind of chilled and did research all day today. and chilled and now we're recording and tomorrow we're gonna record again and yeah so that was my weekend nice yeah except for the Wiz Khalifa part which yeah Wiz Khalifa's the dickhead oh and I got a uh a freaking nail in my tire of my truck gotta hate that man did you check it to see if it actually punctured uh, I didn't check it. I need to go take it in to see, but it hasn't lost any air pressure, so I don't know. It looks like it's in that nice chunk of your brand new tire where it's just rubber. Yeah, it's not on the sidewall or anything. If anything, I'd take something and like... Uh, eh, clip it? I'd clip it a little bit so it doesn't get pushed in more. Yeah. But better off just probably just taking it in. Yeah. Or be like me and just pull it out and see if you can start losing air. That's what I do. That's how yeah. I am. All right. Well, with that being said, I want to thank you all for joining today's episode. You know that I love you and I'm proud of every single one of you. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you all continue to listen and continue to support us and love us. And we got great things coming on the horizon. I'm not going to say specifically what. I'm just going to kind of drop it out there. 
And you guys are going to be like, whoa, didn't know you were working on that. You're going to be like, yeah, we were. I hope you like it. Well, anyways, so I want to say that I love you. I'm proud of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Of course. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.